Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 2 of... Billy Bradley and her classmates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Billy Bradley and her classmates by Janet D. Wheeler. Nearly frozen. The screams for help seemed to be quite near the girls, but whoever was in trouble was hidden from them by a sharp bend in the lake shore. Without further thought of danger to themselves, the chums skated forward swiftly, the long fringed ends of their scarves flying out behind them and their bodies thrown eagerly forward. Maybe somebody is drowning. It's some great peril, you may be sure of that. Otherwise, they wouldn't scream so. They are children. Yes, and little ones at that, if I'm any judge of voices. Thus talking excitedly, the girls skated forward along the lake shore. Then came a sudden scream from Vi. She had skated too close to an overhanging tree, and a branch caught in her hair as she tried to sweep past. Wait, wait, she cried. Don't leave me behind. What's the trouble? came simultaneously from the others. I'm caught. My hair is fast in the tree. Pull yourself loose, cried Billy. Hurry, do. Oh, just listen to those cries, she added as scream after scream rent the wintry air. In frantic haste, poor Vi tried to do his bidden, but the tree was a thorny one, and she had considerable trouble to liberate herself. Then came fresh trouble as Billy's left skate became loosened. I've got to fasten it, she said, and bent down to do so. Then the classmates swept forward as before. They rounded the bend in the lake a minute later, and then drew up suddenly as they came upon a singular scene. Three small children, a boy and two girls, were standing up to their waists in the icy water. Evidently they had ventured out upon the lake in a spirit of mischief, and had stepped upon thin ice, which had given way beneath even their slight weight. Luckily they had not got far from shore, for if the ice had broken through in a deeper part of the lake, they must surely have been drowned. As it was, 
they were three very badly frightened children who were beginning to feel numb with the cold. At the sight of the girls, they began to wail afresh and held out their little arms imploringly. The sight was too much for Billy, and she began to edge her way cautiously along the thin ice, calling to the girls to follow her example. Be careful, she warned. If we went through too, it would be hard to get out, and while we were trying it, the kitties would probably freeze to death. Look out, she exclaimed as the ice cracked treacherously under her weight. It's paper thin right here. And while the girls are busy at their work of rescue, we will take a few minutes to tell those who are meeting Billy Bradley and her chums for the first time something of the good times the girls have had in other volumes of the series. In the first book, called Billy Bradley and Her Inheritance, the girls had many and varied adventures, some of which were thrilling and others only funny. Just when Billy was wondering how to raise $100 to pay for a statue which she had accidentally broken, a queer old aunt of hers, Beatrice Powerson by name, died and left to her an inheritance which had at first seemed a doubtful blessing, namely a rambling, gloomy old homestead at a place called Cherry Corners. The house dated back to revolutionary times and had many weird and romantic legends attached to it. The girls, anxious to see the old place for themselves, had decided to spend their vacation there, and a little later some boys had joined them. They had an unusual and exciting time of it, and the climax of the whole outing was the finding of a shabby old trunk which was hidden away in the attic. This trunk contained $5,000 worth of rare old coins and queer postage stamps, and this small fortune enabled Billy not only to replace the statue she had broken, but gave her more than enough to send herself to Three Towers Hall and her brother, Chet, to Buxton Military Academy. But we forgot entirely to introduce the boys, and they, at least, considered themselves by far the most important part of the story. Here they are, then. First of all comes Chetwood Bradley, Billy's brother, whom his friends called Chet for short. Chet was a lovable boy, good-looking, quiet, reserved, and devoted to Billy whose real name, by the way, was Beatrice. Then there was Ferd Stowing, an all-around good-natured boy who always added a great deal to whatever fun was at hand. And last but not least, Laura's brother, Teddy. Teddy was 15, as were the other boys, but unlike them, he looked quite a good deal older than he was. He was tall, with wavy hair and handsome gray eyes and an athletic build, which was the envy of most of the boys at North Bend, where the young folks lived. Teddy had always liked Billy a lot because, as he told his sister, Laura, 
Billy was the nearest like a boy of all the girls he knew. She liked sports almost as well as he did. And so, as a matter of course, they played tennis and hiked and skated a good deal together. Returning from their vacation in the old homestead at Cherry Corners, the girls went straight to Three Towers Hall, the boarding school to which their parents were sending them, partly because the young folks wanted to go, and partly because the high school at North Bend was hopelessly inefficient and unsatisfactory. At the same time, the boys departed for Boxton Military Academy, which was only a little over a mile from the boarding school, and which was also situated close to Lake Malata. The good times the young folks had at school are told in the second volume of the series, entitled Billy Bradley at Three Towers Hall. The most startling thing that happened during the year was the capture of the man whom the boys and girls had named the Codfish, on account of his peculiarly fish-like mouth. The latter had once attempted to steal Billy's precious trunk, and had later on been suspected of planning and carrying out a robbery at Buxton Military Academy. Later, he had robbed Miss Race, one of the teachers at the hall. The girls had made new friends, and enemies also, at Three Towers Hall. Chief among the enemies were Amanda Peabody and her chum, Eliza Dilks. The girls were both sneaks and tattletales, and the former, being jealous of Billy and her chums, had done her best to make life unbearable for them at Three Towers. That the disagreeable girls had not succeeded was not in the least their fault. Another enemy of Billy's had been Rose Belser, a pretty, black-haired, very vain girl who was also jealous of Billy because of her unusual and immediate popularity with the girls. However, even Rose was won over to Billy's side in the end and became sincerely repentant for her mean behavior. Connie Danvers, a pretty, fluffy-haired girl, became a staunch friend of the chums at once, and it was she who had invited Billy and Laura and Vi to spend their vacation at Lighthouse Island, where her parents had a summer bungalow. Connie's Uncle John, an interesting, bluff character, lived at the lighthouse on the island. The girls had become very much interested in a mystery surrounding Miss Arbuckle, one of the very nice new teachers who had come to Three Towers to replace the disagreeable Dill Pickles. They had also met a queer-looking man one day when they were lost in the woods, and they had wondered about him a great deal. It seems Miss Arbuckle had been very greatly disturbed over the loss of an album, and when Billy, accidentally stumbling upon the book, had returned it to the teacher, the latter had wept with joy. Turning over the pages of the album until she came to the pictures of three beautiful children, she had cried out, Oh, my precious children, I couldn't lose your pictures after losing you. Of course, this exclamation, together with Miss Arbuckle's strange conduct, considerably puzzled the girls, 
and they wondered about it all during the vacation at Lighthouse Island. Then one day a terrible storm came up, and a ship was wrecked on one of the treacherous shoals which surrounded the island. The girls, helping in the work of rescue, discovered three children lashed to a rude raft, and after releasing the little victims, the girls had carried them to the lighthouse to be cared for. Later, Billy saw a marked resemblance in the three children to the pictures of the children she had seen in Miss Arbuckle's album, and what strange discovery this led to is told in the third volume of this series, entitled Billy Bradley on Lighthouse Island. And now the girls were all back at Three Towers again in search of further education. Likewise, they hoped, much fun and adventure. Don't come any farther, Billy said to Laura and Vi as she stretched herself out at full length on the ice and reached out to grasp one of the children in the water. Lie down on the thick ice, both of you, and hold on to me just as hard as you can. When I say pull, pull. Obediently, Laura and Vi flopped down on the ice, each grasping one of Billy's feet and holding on stoutly. I'd like to see you get away from us now, said Laura. Leaning over, Billy grasped the nearest child under the arms and tugged with all her strength. Pull, she gasped to the girls. I'm slipping. The girls pulled and dragged her, child and all, out on the more solid ice. They set the child on his poor, shivering little feet and then went back for the next one. A moment more, and all three of the little things were standing huddled together on the ice, shivering and crying miserably. I want to do home, wailed the little boy. I want to do home. End of chapter two, read by Bookbard.